Hello, everyone. Before we jump into today's conversation, uh, we just wanted to mention that the full speaker announcement was made last week. So you can go check that out on our social media um, at The Coaches Road, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can also find the link to register for our conference coming up December 2nd, December 9th, and December 16th uh, in the show notes down below, uh, but then also on our social media as well. So don't miss out on your chance to hear from some great speakers from all over the world and um, hopefully find some, some new ideas that you can, you can implement with your teams, with your clubs, with your federations, and everything like that. So we will see everybody in December, and now we'll kick it over to today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Coaches World Podcast. Today we are joined by Roger Rönberg, head coach of the Frölunda Hockey Club. Um, right off the bat, I need to say for me, this was has been a very, very impactful episode. And I know you and I, we had a lot of good conversations and a lot of recordings already with a lot of professional coaches like Don Granato, Juha, Juha Taparavori, Petri Matikainen, Ben Cooper and plenty others as well. And But always what strikes out to me, and I want to mention this is again, that um, very often when we speak with people who have high positions in the coaching world or in the academic world, they are so good people. I really like that again, that Roger jumped on the call and first of all, he asked us about our background, what our motivation is, who is listening and everything. So it's just like, it's just a really good example of again, that you really need to be a good human being if you want to get somewhere. And regarding the episode, I think just the content we are talking today about um, is world class. And I, I think for me, definitely there, there are so many things still to learn and to evolve in my coaching to get where I want to get in the future. But um, this has been very enjoyable. And um, overall, it was just a fantastic episode. Yeah, I would say so too. And you know, you touched on it, but it's world class what, he, what he's talking about, right? He's, he's so just thoughtful with what he does and, and so kind of purposeful for, with what he does. And, and it's really ex exciting to hear that from, you know, an elite level coach. And, and the things we get into today, we touch on a lot, but uh, a lot of different areas. But it's, it's really interesting to hear his thinking, how he works with his athletes, you know, how he works with the game and, and just overall how he works with coaching and, and how he's kind of developed himself and become the, the coach that he has. So um, a lot of different areas and, and a really a great listen and, and it was a great conversation like you mentioned so um let's not keep anybody here any longer and let's kick it right over to roger so now we would like to welcome on roger rönberg um roger thanks so much for taking the time and joining us here today how's everything back in Gothenburg with you uh, to be honest, it's pretty rainy, it's pretty dark, but uh, that's why we have hockey in, in the winter, so hockey is fine. Oh, that's yeah. good. Well, we had, we, had, we had two people from Gothenburg on, um, and when they joined, we asked them the same question and they said the same thing. So it seems like every, <laughs> every day uh, it's pretty much the same over there. But um, so just to go straight into this, um, you have been working now in Gothenburg quite long and you had quite a successful pathway. Um, however, um, we can define this. That's why we want to ask you right away, what is success for you? 
what 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 success what is, is yeah yeah how do you define success oh <clears throat> before i was lucky enough to to win something the first time with the world juniors 2012 uh, i thought it was winning that success was winning with a team uh, but uh, I, i don't think that's defined success uh, success for for me nowadays is uh, It, it's uh, being a part of making people grow and uh, just working with growth with individual development it's my uh, true purpose of uh, why I why I why I coach yeah I think it's it's really interesting because you know like Rick mentioned you've had a lot of success in terms of you know winning championships and then winning with with the teams that you've coached but what what is it that kind of sparked that change in your thinking? What is success and, and kind of how did that go from, yeah, winning, winning championships is success to, you know, helping people grow, helping people become, you know, more than what they were. I think before, before I ever won something, I, I, uh, I was really admire people who, who uh, were winning stuff. And uh, I looked at them like they were some kind of superheroes. And uh, I, I think the first time you win it, it, it's a it's a boost for your ego, no doubt about it, because you think suddenly I'm I'm one of them, <laughs> I am one of the superheroes. And um, after a while, when 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 after you've been winning, you 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 gotta set new goals, you gotta push through, you you you, you gotta find. Uh, a deeper meaning and, and a deeper purpose on, on why you do things because winning is, is good, but is it that really great? So it's, that's what it's all about. No, it's not that great because it's really fun one day, but next day, next day when you wake up, it's uh, it's a new day and, and you need a, a new goal to, to, to chase. So I think, uh, Getting involved with people, looking, should I say, at, at the coaching perspective, that I want to help players become winners. That that's uh, more my aim nowadays, and and uh, that's what I get back from coaching when I can see some guy building their char character and 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 really push through, and then in the end, uh, being part of a winning team. Well. That's you. You mentioned also there that there needs to be something that the winning is good, but it's is it really that good? And you mentioned there needs to be a deeper purpose. And um, you have started your coaching pathway in Lulea, and um, yeah. in the first page, in the first place, um, why did you start coaching? And if you compare where you are right now, has the reason behind coaching changed for you? And if so, how? Oh, it, it, I think it's a change for sure. But uh, when I first uh, went into coaching, I, I, I was a young hockey player, uh, 18 years old. Uh, I was still a junior and I uh, thought I should play uh, the next season, but I got an injury in my knee and I uh, got a question if I could help out coaching a, a junior team for one year. And uh, I said, okay, I can do it when I do my rehab, but then I will, will go back to coaching because oh, or for play to play 
And uh, I didn't have a single thought about coaching because I didn't have any good coaches uh, being a role model for me. So, so it wasn't at all into me. But uh, as soon as I, I um, started coaching this junior team and I felt a sensation of, on how I can impact uh, humans, players, to, to play better and feel better, I, I think I got that... Uh, that feedback from 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 that process and and uh, it's encouraged me then and it has encouraged me all 30 years i've been into coaching yeah was there was there anyone early on in your in your coaching career like you know after that first one or two years any any coach or any kind of leader out there that you looked to for inspiration or um, you know, maybe some new knowledge or anything like that. Anyone that kind of helped you early on in your coaching career? Uh, up in Lula, where I was, uh, we had some strong coaches. Uh, Lars Osten, Baristrom is uh, uh, is a really strong uh, leader and coach uh, up in Lula, and he he, um, he was the first guy you 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 looked at and you were following, and then uh, then I start working with a with a junior national team and uh, I get away from Lula and, and it's, it, it was a really turning point for me to, to start to work with uh, international junior hockey. And, uh, and I met a lot of, lot of coaches on, on that journey. That was important for me because uh, just being in your hometown, you, 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 you don't learn so much because everybody has the same, uh, basic values and, and core beliefs on how you how you should play the game and, and how you should coach. So it was really important for me to get some new influence from from uh, other parts of Sweden. So that's 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 very an interesting motivation and I think a very reasonable motivation that um, getting out of your hometown because you want to explore what is what is behind this and um, acquiring different perspectives and different views. But you have mentioned there that everyone has had the same beliefs and same values and for you as a person that um, the values you have now are they the same you had when you started back in Lulea or um, have they evolved as well? Uh, I, I think they have grown uh, they have developed uh, but uh, I think the core belief in me on how you get successful is still the same because I, I grew up in Lula and it's a it's a city with a with a steel factory, and it really reflects on the people because people is uh, taught how to work hard from really young age, and and uh, that's my core belief uh, today too. That I think first of all, whatever you should do, you need to work hard. You can't get any success or growth in any area if you if you aren't working hard. So uh, I I can't get rid of that that belief. I have tried, but it's it's uh, impossible. Yeah, but I, I think I think it's fair to say that it's it's worked out for you to hold that belief. You know, now you're you're coaching in Falunda, and you've you've had quite, you know, quite a successful. I, I'm just kind of interested now. You're at the the SHL level, which is you know a, a really high level of hockey and and everything like that. I'm I'm curious, you know, what what is your motivation? Um, or I'm sorry, what is what is kind of your everyday look like um, in that job, and 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 kind of what is the what is the role of your of your position within that SHL club and everything like that uh, when it comes to the day day to day stuff? Uh, 
that, that was a long question, but uh, <laughs> I, I uh, my job in Frölunda is is uh, to to work with the development of, of the club, of the system, of the program here, that we have growth there. We, we have a clear vision that we want to be the best club in the world. If you look in, on uh, how we work, how we, uh, how we train, how we practice, how we run things in the system, not, uh, not the best club if you measure the results, that's something else. So uh, we, we are really pushing through every day to... Um, to develop uh, the way we work with uh, training, uh, practice on ice, practice off ice, the leadership for sure. We need to uh, make it better so we don't get stuck in the culture of hockey. Um, and we work uh, a lot with with how we play the hockey, how we play hockey. So so uh, that that's my biggest role that we have growth in everything we do so we don't just just because we won at one time that we think we have a successful re- recipe and uh, do the same thing for for every year so uh, it's uh, it's a it's a true challenge to every day push things uh, another step so we never get satisfied being at the same spot Yeah, and so when you when you think about you know your your job coaching in the SHL for Falunda, you know it's it's obviously a there's limited coaching spots in the league, right? And and it's kind of a, a dream position for a lot of coaches out there. So and and we had um we had a conversation with Don Granado from the from the Buffalo Sabers, and we asked him a similar question. But you know what are the what are the traits that you think um, or that you feel that you have that make you a successful coach in the SHL that, that, you know, make you um, have the ability to, to work in that league and work with those players and in that club. Uh, first of all, it's not just about the coach because you, you've got to, you got to be backed up by the management. And uh, I, I have, uh, I'm blessed with, with the best management ever that they, they're always behind my back and we are supporting each other. Uh, no matter what where the results is, uh, because no coach in the world can allow uh, alone be successful in 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 a in a system without uh, good support from the management. So I think that's the biggest key here in Frölunda. Um, uh, because I, I don't know what kind of coach I should be if I had a had a, had a worse management uh, pushing me, threatening me. Uh, putting my job on the line as soon as we lose three games in a row because that doesn't happen here. We are really helping each other to 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 push to the next level all the time, and uh, that's the organization. If if I go to myself, what kind of character traits I think I have? Uh, I'm a hard worker. <laughs> I'm the first guy in every morning. I'm the last guy to leave the rink. I um, Really believing that setting the standard to to what hard work is. Um, I think I uh, I have learned to be a positive guy to look at the life with a positive uh, uh, positive mindset because I I have a true belief that uh, being a negative the only thing it leads to to is more 
negative energy. So, so I really work with myself to stay positive at all times. So, so, uh, and, and that reflects on everything, how I look at our games, how I break them down, how I feedback the players, how I look at the players, because I want to look at them on, uh, with, with the way that uh, I see them for, for what they can be, not where they are today. So I, so, so I um, work with them with really high expectations every day, but not demands. It's a big difference between expectations and demands. So I think those, those things are the most important things for me and the management. Um, especially, I, I want to, especially, I really like the last sentence you said, because you said that I see the players where they are, where they can be and not where they are today. And that mirrors also what um, a very essential feature from Carol Dweck is with the mindset that we are not there yet, but if we put consistently the work in, we can be there. So I, I really like of phrasing this, and I think this mirrors very well of how you run the team as a coach and how everything is supported for you in the club itself. And um, speaking again a little bit about the job as an elite coach, it's uh, first of all, it's, um, it's a lot of work, but since you're a hard worker, it, it, does, it, doesn't, it must not bother you so much. So, but um, there, there are a lot of games, a lot of practices, a lot of attention, And you have a certain role um, within the society and outside. You speak a lot to the media and everything. Um, so speaking about this perspective, um, how do you see the role of an elite coach? Um, how, and how does a elite coach need to present himself to the outside world and inside world? Yeah, I, I think uh, that's a good question because it's a big role for a, for a head coach today. I, uh, I have a big staff here. I think we are 17 people now working with the team. So my uh, my role as a coach, the most important thing is to keep everybody safe. I, I, uh, I I'm the most important protector of the team because I, I want uh, my management group and the players, the team to 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 be safe and confident. And I think that's the biggest role for leaders wherever on in in the world because um, if i can keep them safe uh, they can work they can work with themselves they can work with their teammates uh, because uh, if if they are unsafe if they don't uh, if they feel threatened they, they will just uh, close uh, their 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 mindset and they will start to protect themselves and i think uh, a safe human being is always ready to, to cooperate with the guy next to you. But uh, if, you, if you threaten a, a human being, you will only protect yourself. And that's, then, start, then, then it's impossible to work together in, in a team and really being concerned about your teammates and taking care of your teammates. So I don't know if I get through with my bad English here, but... <laughs> I think that's the most important part that I keep my players and, and staff safe so they can be self-critic instead of blaming others. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that came across and, and I'm kind of curious now, like how, and you mentioned for you, the, the important piece from the management side is that, you know, they, they, in a way allow you to feel safe in your position to do, to do your job in a safe way and everything like that. How do you pass that forward to your staff and to your players and, 
And what are the kind of the actions and the things that you like to see in your culture that you know that, hey, this is safe, this is what we do to make it safe and things like that? Um, I, I, I think we, uh, we share the responsibility of the result. Everybody in the club is sharing the result uh, when we're winning or losing. Uh, to the outside, I'm always uh, stepping up and, 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 and being the face to the outside world, especially when we lose. It's so important that uh, if they should blaze, blame someone on the outside world, the, the fans, uh, media, it should be me. Uh, that, that's uh, one of my roles. So, so um, internally, when we look at the process, if we look how we're running things, uh, management, we have uh, really good roles uh, with management and, and, and the coaching staff. So, so I have an offensive coordinator, I have a defensive coordinator, I have a goalie coach, I have a um, guy working with the stats and, uh, anal anal analytics. And uh, they have clear responsibilities of uh, working with that and setting the best environment but we're sharing the result we're never pointing fingers to each other um if the pp is bad it's it's not just the pp coach job to make it work it's it's as much as mine so so uh, my work is to support him so he doesn't feel uh, threatened by himself so he because next step he will start to point fingers that they have bad players or whatever because that's what happens in a in an environment or a hockey club where where you don't have this this circle of safety around the team, you have management putting pressure on a coach. You have a coach blaming the players or having an excuse that he has uh, doesn't have the right players in his team to the management because he want to protect himself. And uh, we not work that way at all here. We it's the other way around. I always always think I have the best players available, and it's up to me to make them grow. So that, that's uh, a long answer to a pretty short question. Well, that's very, um, very thought-provoking because um, we, we speak a lot also about like psychological safety. And um, also we had a few, few episodes about this and this is very emphasized. And I think a lot of students who study here, they can compare and contrast their background from where they came from and where they are right now because they were exposed to environment where they may not feel so secure but once they get here they have the opportunity to feel secure and be more themselves and you can really mm -hmm. see that everyone can grow experience by ourselves as well um so that's i think that's a very crucial point and um it's i also really like the way that you don't just share the responsibility but you also share the outcome and um i think that's that's a reason why there has been um, certain outcomes in the past few years um, with you in Gothenburg. I think that's one of the reasons. And um, I would like to shift a little bit the gears because, um, again, it's it's um, you, you're working in a uh, you have a huge responsibility as the coach um, and within the club. And you have been explaining to us how do you see that everything and um, um, and actually, like a good friend um, who has been on our show as well here, Markus Ackerblom of us, uh, um, you guys have, he's working with the national team, but still you guys have very, um, <laughs> very, a lot of work to do in your job and your very tight schedules. And 
um, he was curious to know basically how do you see the balance between education and keeping that standard consistently at the same level? Uh, the balance between education yeah, uh, and keep in, in, in our program. Or for yourself as, as a human, uh, as a coach. For me, for me. Yeah, for, yeah, uh -huh, for yourself, okay. for yourself. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I, I think it's important that um, in, in my first year of coaching, uh, because I'm a curious guy, I read everything, I listen to everyone. I'm uh, soon as I have a chance, I see other coaches uh, working. I, I, I travel a lot, so... In the beginning of, of my coaching career, I, I changed everything every day. And, and to be consistent on a longer term with a, with, a, with, a, with a program, I think it's so important that you figure out your philosophy. So you have something to hold on to, so you don't, don't change too much. And I will never change my philosophy in the, in the, in the basic stuff there on the way we play or, or uh, the way we work with the leadership or, or the way we, we practice. So, uh, but I do small changes every day, small things that we can develop. So we never change, like with, with the way we play, we, we, we play pack possession. We won't change it from one game to another to, to suddenly flip packs out. And just because we're playing against an aggressive team, it's more about, how do we solve um, the, the, the breakouts against a really aggressive team? Because we're playing pack possession. That's it. So we, that, that's what I think it's so important, that you have a philosophy that you believe in and that you hold on to the philosophy and you, you, you work to, to make the tactics better and better and better, but never changing philosophy. Well, yeah, that's also... I think that also goes back to everything what you have been saying right now and that mirrors our conversation until here so far very well. And um, something, another quote I've been um, hearing from you and from one episode I've been listening to as well to, in order to prepare a little bit is that um, you consider yourself as a gardener and in, in Gothenburg you want to plant the seeds. I hope that's the right word um, in order yeah. to get, give the opportunity the players to grow and um, Someone else from the um, Swedish Ice Hockey Association, Anders Wahlström, um, was very curious to know about um, what can we, because of this quote and because you believe in this, um, I think what, from what you have been saying, what I've been hearing about the, the role of a coach as being a gardener, um, what can we all do to keep young players that start uh, in hockey to stay in the game over a long time? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I think it is the way we look at them. Uh, if we, we, we need to work with our bias, how we look at people, because we always have some bias when we first meet with people. And if we can replace the bias, how we look at people right now in the present and replace that on what the, this plant should be, what kind of flower should it be when it's... Uh, when it's grown up, it's a beautiful flower. But right now, you, you, it doesn't look like that. No, it's, it's just a seed in, 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 in the dirt. And you need to get the right amount of sunlight. You need to water it. And you need to make some seed on it. So, so, so it's, it's more about the perspective that uh, 
you sh- we, we we never judge anybody no matter how they look at it in the present no one because we have a clear principle here in Trelunda that everybody should should succeed or will succeed so we give give no options to coaches to to uh, put a stamp on a player that he's not good enough it's up to us to make them good enough it's it's a growth process and everybody will get better instead of i think too many times when i hear coaches they they are sitting on the outside of the team there and they are just reflecting on who's who's best and who's worst and uh, for me i want to succeed with all my plants and that's why i use this uh, what did you call it plant plant house or what do you call it in english uh very much better than i know <laughs> a greenhouse greenhouse a greenhouse perfect uh, sorry for my <laughs> english here but but exactly like the greenhouse if if you 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 got to succeed with every plant and and they will be different flowers when they grow up and, and it doesn't matter because you never know how they will end up and i have so many examples on that if you just push through because you can't be too stacked up as a coach looking how the player look like today because it's my job to make him better the next day and the next week and the next month because uh, if you have that mindset and you 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 create the image on how he will look like when when he's uh, ready as a flower uh, magic will happen and uh, i've been been through that so many times yeah is that is that something that you know it's it, it kind of it, it's curious because you know there's oh, like hundreds of thousands of coaches all over the world at various levels and things like that is that is that something for you that has you know going back to your kind of coaching development as 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 you know your own coach is that something that has developed over time is that something that you know you kind of had figured out right away to to have that kind of long-term view on people or is that something that you you picked up and and kind of implemented throughout your your coaching journey so far uh, i think i i uh, i have always had that that i I giving it all for my players and and uh, the first junior team I had um I knew that I up in Lulu I, I I need to have all the players to finish the season if we should have a result because if I lost one or two guys we want enough players and I think that perspective is really good to have as a coach instead of that you have a lot of guys that you can replace the 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 players who who play worse for the moment so I had to work with all the players and and uh, what that does with you as a coach is that you get I think emotionally connected with the players when you start to work with every player that they feel that I'm here I'm here for you I believe in you every player it doesn't matter if this if it's the first line power play guys or if it's the PK guys in the fourth line doesn't matter for me because everybody should get the same attention from me for real because if i engage in their development if i see them for what they can be and it's and i always push through that i it's up to me to make them grow uh, and i that i can't lose a single guy and i have the same mindset here in frölunda now that we 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 want to be successful with every player here it, it's for the 
for Frölunda as a club, it's good for the brand with, with a connection with the agents, scouts, that they know that if they pl- put a player with us, we want them to trust us, that my player will grow in Frölunda. So it's really be good for the business in Frölunda. But for me as a coach, that's, uh, that, that's why I work. That, that's my purpose, to be emotionally connected with all my players and, 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 and being a servant to them. That they shouldn't be serving me. I, I'm I'm the servant to them. Speaking about this emotional connectedness, this is this is something very um, interesting to me as well because I think that's closely related to uh, closely related to emotional control. But uh, I mean to emotional intelligence, not control. Emotional intelligence. Um, but that's a very tough skill to acquire in coaching. And um, what you have been just saying, I think that takes years of practice. In a, in a practical setting. Um, so especially for young coaches, um, what can we do to actually develop this emotional intelligence and building those close relationships of our athletes in order to build the trust and help them to grow, as you mentioned as well? Uh, I think, first of all, you got to develop yourself because if you're not safe, uh, and confident as a coach, um, you, you won't have the patience to work this way. Uh, if, if you're just out there to win the next game or the next, next tournament, you won't have this patience because it's all about winning. And if it's all about winning, uh, you, you, you won't get this uh, long-term emotional engagement with every player. You will have it with the first line and with the first PP guys and, and with the first goalie, but the second goalie, no way. You are not connected like on the same level. So, I think I think first of all, as a coach, um, you got to understand yourself. You, you I, I, that's my biggest tips to younger coaches that you, 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 you need to figure out yourself. How do you work when you're under pressure? When you get stressed, how do you work? How, how, how what, what kind of core beliefs do you have that that will pop up as soon as you get stressed? Because that, that will be your bias, how you look at the, the world. And I think that's a journey I, I, I have been doing here with, with, with myself. I've been working now for, I think, last 15, 16 years. I have had a, a, a psychological coach, a mental coach. That says, and, and he has been coaching me in my true environment on, on, uh, on, on my job practice day. And, and uh, game days, and, and uh, I've been learning so much about myself. So, so um, I think that's that that's the really key for younger coaches that that uh, do a personal test, uh, see if you can find one of those guys who understand how the brain works and, and that can coach you for real. I think that's that's Rick and I have met a lot of like mental skills coaches and 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 and. Um some psychotherapists and stuff like that, like through our, through our stuff with the podcast. And we always talk about, you know, from the athlete side and, and, and I'm, I'm doing this kind of certificates course right now for, for coach development. And, and we're talking more about, you know, coach mental health and, and coach like self-awareness and how important that is. And, and, you know, I, I think that's spot on because it, you know, if you can't um, if you can't kind of work with yourself, if you can't know yourself, then, I think it's really hard to know other people and, and work with other people and everything like that. So 
Um, I, you know, I, I just have like, what I, I'm trying to put this into words, but like how, um, cause sometimes in, even English is, is tough for me, let alone other languages, but um, <laughs> I tell you, it's a tough language. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should start to speak in Swedish now. <laughs> I'm not Finnish for sure. <laughs> no. um, all right. So what has, oh, now I totally forgot where I was going, but um, you know, what has been that kind of biggest um, or maybe, maybe that's not the right way to say it either, but that, that way to kind of work with athletes, what has been that kind of biggest tool for you when you step aside from like the hockey part of it, you know, like what, what has been the, like, again, I don't know if it's a fair question, but the most beneficial thing that you've done with your athletes to, to really get them to trust you, to get them to, to see that, you know, regardless of whether you're on the first power play or, you know, maybe you're just kind of more of a practice player or anything like that. What has been that biggest piece for connecting with all of them? I, I think it's again about trust. They, 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 uh, they gotta trust me. Uh, if I should get them to trust me, I gotta trust myself because, and, and if I can trust myself, I can be myself with the athletes. I don't need to pretend to be a head coach. Because uh, my role, it, it's uh, it's it's uh, so it's so much culture in the head coaching role anyway, and it's so much of this yes coach yes coach from the players, and they they are not used to having a head coach where you really can speak out and tell what you really feel, and uh, I want to build that trust with my players, and I think again it starts with myself. I. I got to be myself when I'm around my players. I, I got to show that I'm, I'm not perfect. I got to show that I, I'm, I'm there for, for, for them. I got to show that they can pull a joke about me. So I do everything to, 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 to get myself down to the same level with the players. So, so I, and that's hard because especially when I have all the players, they're so used to have those, uh, older head coaches that uh, want to control everything. So, so uh, it takes time to, to, to get the trust between the athletes and myself. Um, then I think it's a line where, that I don't want to cross. I don't want to be their teammate. I don't want to be their friend. So, so I want to be their coach, their leader, but I want them to trust me enough. So, so if they have a bad day, something happens at home that... Uh, can affect their their performance. I want them to be feeling that they, they can they can really talk to me about it. But uh, if it's just small stuff that that uh, the wife is uh, too hard on them, uh, I I think they have teammates who can do do that too. So it's a thin line where where I want to be the leader, but I'm working a lot with that to make them trust me. Yeah. Oh, overall, that that sounds that this is a very um something that's also one of my core belief. Maybe I'm not 100% there yet, but it's um it's very vulnerable, um and very emotional, and um it sounds that there's a lot of um as you have been saying as well um harmony in the room overall, and um and what I'm hearing also about is that um that for me it sounds like that there's um 
a lot of reflection taking place within the players and with the group. Um, so because that's something um, we emphasize here a lot. But um, overall, because um, I do have one more question in my mind, um, is that because you have been now, you have been working um, in Lulea, you have been working with the Swedish national team. And if I remember correctly, since 2013, you have been with Gaffenberg. Um, and um, if you would overall, at some point on your pathway, to decide to leave for London, uh, what type of coaching challenge would you imagine to pursue and why? I haven't thought so much about it because I, I, I love my job here and uh, I'm not really fine talking about myself too much in the future because I, I don't like when coaches talk about their career. So, so, so uh, but... I, I think like this, I would love to, to do the same thing in a different culture, to, to uh, challenge the culture in a different country, working the way we work here, to, to work with the, we do the same way, the same way we play here, the same way we work with the coaching and the practice here. It would be really fun to do it in a, in a different culture and see if I, if, if someone is crazy enough to give me that chance, I don't know. It's um, and, and to really back me up because you need again, you need good management to to be behind me. So I don't know if someone is crazy enough to to do that. Yeah, yeah. It takes. I think, it, like you said, it takes a lot of support, and there's not. You know, it, it's one of the most unfortunate things I think about the coaching world is there's not a whole lot of management teams that are you know, willing to, to be patient with coaches, willing to give them, you know, that safety that we were talking about earlier. Um, and, and now, you know, we know we have, you have practiced, but we just want to ask our, our final question that we ask, you know, all of our guests. Um, yep. and, and that's just any, any kind of final messages, any kind of final pieces of advice that you can give, you know, Rick, uh, Rick and I or any other young coaches out there um, that are maybe just starting along their journey or, or things like that. Uh, I think you sit down, think about what your core beliefs is. I, I think what you believe is successful in hockey. So you can uh, put down your philosophy because if you put it down uh, in, in, in like paper and then maybe with a video playbook or whatever, you have something to, to work from. It's so easy that uh, as a young young co coach you just get influenced by different tactics and you go from left to right and I think it's the, the earlier the better that you find your way what you think is successful uh, I was doing that for like 15 years ago when I started the world junior junior journey with, with team Sweden and uh, we were working a lot with facts and stats and, and looking into why you should play a certain way. If you look where, where you win the puck and how the biggest scoring chances is, uh, is coming from in the game. And, and we, we were starting to, to build a philosophy there that I, that I still believe in, that, that there, there is a way that I believe in that is successful for me, but it's... Uh, you can win in many different ways. I, I, I also know that, but I only believe in one way. And, and 
I think that's important as a coach because you can you can win with maybe ten different styles of hockey, but you got to find your way. Um, same thing with practice. Uh, do you believe in talent or do you believe on repetition? Uh, read books. Um, um, if you have a core belief that someone is born to play hockey, that it's just about talent. Uh, really try to challenge your your core belief about that one because being a coach and be- believing on talent, it it's not good for you. That's one of the biggest tips I can give. It's better as a coach if you don't believe in talent that you think about the the ten hour. 10,000 hour rule of, of repetitions because then you will start to practice your players. If you believe in talent, you will just think you have good players and bad players and you can't do so much about it. So you won't be an effective coach that way. Uh, last tip, uh, find this guy that, that can ask you or, or woman that, that can ask you tons of questions about yourself to learn who you are and why you react like you do in, in uh, different situations. Do a personal test, um, get to know yourself, uh, set the plan how you, you should uh, develop your character because you can change your character. You, you, you can do a lot if you, if you know how you wanna be and set the plan for that. Uh, think about what kind of coach the players needs take feedback from the players on on uh, younger players nowadays they they will give you feedback if you ask them how, what do you think about me as a coach when do i help you when i am i a good coach for you and when i'm a bad coach for you and um, i i have got a lot of uh, good feedback that way actually so and enjoy life it's it's not about winning like let let the let the result be something that you deserve you get the result you deserve in the long run if you work with development if you work with the people if you work with your true philosophy and you're you're stubborn enough you will get the result you 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 deserve in the long run you 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 can't fool that yeah but um thank you so much for your time um, and for all the information you have been providing us here today. Um, good luck for your practice today for the rest of the CH and um, the rest of the season in the ASH. Um, it was a pleasure to meet you and to get your perspectives on coaching. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that I could be a part of your podcast and I really appreciate the questions. It was uh, tough questions. I, I need to think a lot about them and uh, please send me the links. I I can learn something from your other guests. All right. So thanks one more time to Roger for joining the show today and and talking a little bit about hockey, talking a little bit about coaching. Uh, It was a a great pleasure. Um, So thank you and, and, and enjoy the rest of your season. So let's, uh, kick it into the reflection here, Rick. And I, I think the place that I would like to start with, my, my first takeaway is just, you know, we asked him right off the bat what success is, and it, he had a really interesting evolution of, of kind of what he thought success was. And, you know, the, the typical 
or winning championships or success. But then you talk to a guy like Roger who had that same feeling, but then won enough championships to say, this doesn't make me successful. And, and then kind of evolve his definition of success into something that, you know, helping people grow and, and kind of, um, I, I really liked his analogy of when you win, you feel like a superhero, but then you realize quickly that, you know, it's, it's not that deep of a feeling. And so you, you need a deeper feeling to really make you feel successful and, and having that bigger impact in people's lives, helping them grow for the better and everything like that. Um, I, it, in Roger's case, it's really interesting, right? Because he's a very successful coach in the sense that he's won championships at a lot of different levels with a lot of different, you know, teams and everything like that. But he still sees it as that humanistic side um, of being successful, and I, I think that's really interesting to hear about. Well, yeah, he has he has won everything. He has won the SHL. He has won the um, CHL. He was winning the U20s with the Swedish national team. So. He has won everything and as you said as well though, how he was quoting it is that winning is good but it is is it really that good there's so much behind and also like the daily actions they are taking um how much it actually gets to get there or to achieve the outcomes they have achieved how many people are actually willing to make the investment that's the next question i think and that goes into the next point i i would like to touch on is that um because he mentioned that on this pathway he is from Lulea and it's a very it's a very small community but they they have one very big core belief there that is that you need to you need to do the hard work if you want to succeed in anything what you want to do and um, whatever you need to do you need to work hard and he still has the same belief until today and I think um, this describes also his pathway so well because with this belief um, he has gotten where he is and he has achieved all the achievements with, together with his coaching stuff and the reason why i'm mentioning this is because he said also towards the end of the episode is that if you have certain beliefs you really need to keep them consistently and you need to implement them consistently and i think this is a very important reminder if you believe in something do it on a consistent base because these are your beliefs and this is the way how you are running things and um Another point I would like to touch on is actually that um, what I like a lot is that he said that in their coaching stuff, they share the responsibility of the result. Um, that was that was a really, really deep quote as well, because they, they never point the fingers to someone else. It's not only the PK coach or the power play coach or the equipment manager who didn't prepare the skates properly it's it's everyone and this just shows that how big the cooperation is there and how much interaction is taking place between the management and the coaches between the coaches internally and between the coaches and the players and also between the management and the players so i i really like this point um it's 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 a it's a very insightful approach of doing things but then again, like it's it's very tough to implement. Yeah, it is. But it it once you build that culture, it's almost easy, you know. And, it, yeah. and it's it's something that, as long as, and this was my next point anyway. But you know, Roger made the point of saying that he wants his his first job as an elite level coach at the elite level is to make everyone feel safe. Like hmm. that that to me was just so different, you know, so so unique at an elite level sport. 
you know, you you watch a lot of those like all or nothings and, and I wouldn't describe a lot of those environments as safe for the other coaches, for the other players, everything like that. But to have that as your first responsibility as a coach is, is something quite, I think, important, you know, and, and it goes back to what you just said, where it's like, if everyone feels safe, then no one feels like they're going to have to take the blame for something. They're going to have to take responsibility for, I mean, of course they have their responsibilities, but you know, they're not going to have to take responsibility for a single loss. It's not going to be on just one person's shoulder. You know, everyone is trying to pull the rope in the same direction. So, you know, everyone pulls the rope together kind of thing. And, and, and it's really interesting. And, you know, it, it goes back to, you know, we, we had that conversation with Granado, as you mentioned, and it, it's something that's really interesting for me now because we've had on Granado and, and, and Roger and, and those two coaches are, are coaching at a, a fairly high level and we've asked them similar questions about, you know, what what are the traits that you have as a coach that make you successful? And both of them responded with something that is, in my opinion, not a personal trait, but, you know, something they both mentioned is really important is having that, you know, support around you, having a network around you, having, you know, ma good management, having people that believe in you and believe in your process and everything like that. And, you know, I, I think that highlights well into Roger's, you know, interactions with his coaching staff, with his players and trying to make everybody feel safe and bring, you know, the maximum value of everybody to the forefront. So I, I think I think that's such an important aspect of Roger's coaching. Yeah, and I think also that like what you just said, that that goes again back to his core beliefs of working hard, because he has been mentioning as well that like he's the first person in and he's the last person out so i think that ties into and, and like again it just shows that how much investments you need to make in order to um get at a, to achieve a certain level and something else i would like to touch on is actually that um that's that just mirrors the mindset they have built um, within the team and within the club because we spoke with two other people from from Gaffenberg with Mikael Ström and uh, Tobias Johansson. And um, what, what Roger said was very interesting again, because he said that we never, we never judge anybody in the present. Everybody can succeed. Um, we, we can't put basically stamps on anyone um, that anyone is good enough, um, yet we can only make our players better. I think that just shows that every player if you as a coach, first of all, invest them in, invest in them and show them there's a way how you can get better, that every player can pick it up and can get better. Maybe they are not there yet, but if they put in consistently the work and if they take consistently certain actions and going back to hard work, if they work consistently hard, then they can get there. And they are working on the elite level with elite athletes. And yeah. still on that level, they have the mindset of, you're not there yet. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, you know, he said, I always have the best players in the world, but it's my job to make them that it's my job yeah. to help them grow. Like that's, you know, that I think is one of the lines of thinking that makes Roger an elite coach, right? Like you, you have, you have the ability to help your players grow. You have the ability to help make them the best players in the world. And, and, you know, to have that kind of thinking as a staff. I mean, I'm sure it's not just Roger. I'm sure it's the culture there now 
like you mentioned, you know, we've talked with Mikael and, and Tobias and, and they say similar things. So, you know, that that belief that everyone will succeed and everyone will, you know, d do their absolute best and everything like that. I mean, it, it does keep people in the game long term. If you feel believed in, if you feel confident and, and, and everything like that, then you're going to stay in, in hockey if you're a young kid. But then at the elite level, like it's got to be, you know, reflect refreshing for the players at that point as well. You know, like it takes... I, you know, I've never played at the elite level. I can't, I can't speak from experience, but in my opinion, it, it would take kind of the pressure off of um, being perfect every single day, you know, and, and yeah. being your absolute best every single day and, and knowing that it's a process of, you know, becoming your best every single day, you know, and it's okay to have those frustrating days where you learn a lot, you know, and everything like that. So I, I have to imagine it helps create a really good culture in Flinder Hockey Club. And I think the, the last point for me is, um, you know, it's, well, and actually, sorry, it's a, before I go to my last point, there's another quote from Roger in that episode that, that has something to do with that whole thing, right? It says, um, being a coach and believing in talent is not good for you. And, and I really like that because we, we, you and I have our discussions on talent all the time and, and we talk about it in school and we talk about it in, on the podcast as well, but yes. you know, talent in my opinion like it doesn't it doesn't exist right and it doesn't it doesn't do anything at all it's you know it's a combination of your constraints growing up and and what sports you play and all of that stuff you know it's your social cultural stuff and everything yeah. like that but you know to hear that from an elite level coach who's working with quote-unquote talented players that's really interesting and it just goes back to that you know you're not your best today you're your best you know, if you continue to work, you're your best tomorrow and everything like that. So, um, yeah, but anyway, my last point is just, you know, how um, how they build trust with the players and how it starts with the coach, right? If, if you don't feel safe and confident as a coach, you can't, you know, like it's hard to expect your players to feel safe and confident in the environment that you create. So it starts with you. It starts with knowing yourself. It starts with trusting yourself. And then you can kind of build that up with the, the athletes and the and the coaching staff around you. Yeah, and especially like speaking about this, knowing about yourself. Um, again, like he is an elite coach, and he said as an elite coach, before you can actually get something going, first of all, you need to get to know yourself, and secondly, something you should do is you you need to set a plan for yourself how to develop a character, and maybe a personal test would be good to do so. And again, like this just emphasizes that how much willing they are to grow like and this is like because from the outset perspectives it seems like yeah maybe elite coaches for them everything is just easy it's not it's 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 a lot of a lot of work and a lot of investment so i i think this is this definitely needs to be highlighted as well and because you spoke about talent i want to mention this quickly as well that i don't i don't use this word actually in my vocabulary and i think um, I really like what Tommy Niemel has said on our show in that case is that the only talent actually an individual has is the talent to practice. So um, that if, if that is talent, then that's probably the only talent. And he said as well, that's the only thing he firmly believes in. But anyway, my, my last key takeaway regarding the episode we had here today, regarding the world-class episode we had today is that, again, like they are on the highest level um, and... He said, I don't, I don't remember what question I asked him there, but he said that like, he is a curious person. He reads everything. 
he listens everything and he watches everything what is out there so again it just this shows that how essential it is to collect as many possible information and to have them somewhere stored and like this goes also back to a previous conversation we had um with the people from Frolunda is that like 50 percent of the time you need to be the coach and 50 percent of this time you need to be the researcher um you need to invest in research 50 percent of your time so i that mirrors just like from the youth and junior organization the pathway until the professional level very very well yeah yeah i would say so as well and you know he, he found he says that and and then you know it's it's clear that he lives it as well right yeah. like he's he's constantly pushing himself he's constantly pushing himself to get better and better and better and and I, I really like, you know, just to touch on that at the end, you know, one of the final things he said is, is let the result be something you deserve. Always. And, you know, and, and the result comes from, from exactly that, right? Like pushing yourself as a coach to get better, you know, creating a safe environment for your other coaches to get better, creating a safe environment for your players to get better and, and everything like that. And, and I think Roger's philosophy speaks for itself when you look at the things he's won, the things that he's you know, succeeded in, in the traditional sense, but then it also, you know, look at how it, he succeeded in the non-traditional sense in a way that he defines success. And, and, and you can tell that, you know, the philosophy he has and the philosophy he works with and the core beliefs, the core values he holds, um, you know, maybe, maybe they do work, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a great conversation today. So one more time to uh, thanks to Roger for joining us and, um, everyone, don't forget to check out the conference coming up in just over two and a half weeks. So um, everyone check days. out first days on um, December 2nd. So, um, yeah. But anyway, um, thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye.